Hi, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, where I explore the science of health, human performance, and ultimate potential. My name is Dr. Greg Wells, and I'm a scientist with a PhD in human physiology. I have served as a professor in kinesiology at the University of Toronto and as a scientist in translational medicine at SickKids Hospital. I've also worked with dozens of Olympic-level athletes through the Canadian Sports Centre Network. In this podcast, I do my best to take complex research and make it understandable and actionable for you to improve your health and well-being and perform to your true potential at whatever it is that you care about the most. In each show, I chat with leading experts in the field of productivity, sleep, nutrition, physiology, and psychology, as well as some of the most exceptional performers across all disciplines. Together, we explore the amplifiers that propel us towards high performance and overcome the obstacles that challenge us. Ultimately, I want to share 1% gains that can make a massive difference in your life. Thank you for listening in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Let me know your thoughts and comments on social at Dr. Greg Wells. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's great to be with you. Today, we are doing a deep dive into nutrition and building healthy habits with Jennifer Broxterman. Jen is a registered dietitian and sports nutritionist and has dedicated her life to promoting healthy living, nutrition, and exercise. As a former multi-sport varsity athlete and current CrossFit competitor, Jennifer's passion for nutrition and sports led her to establish Nutrition RX, a London-based nutrition consulting company that inspires clients to eat healthier and develop a positive relationship with food and exercise. Jennifer was born with a natural inclination towards athletics. She pursued her passion for sports as a dual varsity athlete in hockey and rowing during her time at Queen's University, where she earned a Bachelor in Life Sciences. Furthering her education, Jennifer obtained an Honors Bachelor of Science in Food and Nutrition and a Master's of Science from Western University's Brescia campus. In 2010, Jennifer founded Nutrition RX, where she serves as the CEO and head registered dietitian. Her approach to nutrition encourages clients to build a happy and healthy relationship with food through habits based behavior change, mindset shifts, and creating supportive environments. Over the years, Jennifer has worked with thousands of people, ranging from everyday folks to NHL hockey players and Olympic athletes, supporting their healthy eating and performance goals. She's also ventured into academia as a food and nutrition university prof at Western University's Brescia campus, where she won the esteemed Excellence in Teaching Award. At age 34, Jennifer was unexpectedly diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of ovarian cancer. Despite being given less than a 9% chance of living past five years, she achieved a radical remission within a few months of her cancer removal surgery and remains cancer-free to this day. Jennifer's resilience, positivity, and determination to continue sharing her passion for healthy living with others makes her an inspiring figure in the world of sports and nutrition, and we are so psyched to have her with us today to dig into how we can actually build healthy habits that are sustainable and what mindset shifts are required to make sure that when we do build a new habit, that it sticks. Really excited to share this conversation with you. Let's dive into it. Please enjoy my conversation with Jennifer Broxterman. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. It's awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm so excited we're here and our mutual friend, John Berardi, made the connection. So thanks to yeah, him for getting he's, me here. Uh, he's been on the show before and that was a super popular episode. So diving deeper into all of that is 
amazing and you reached out and I'm psyched to have you on the show because obviously nutrition is top of mind all the time mm -hmm. for everyone and doing it better is awesome, but want to hear more from you about how to make that happen. But give us a, the origin story. Like how did you get into this field and how did you land here today? Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of a wild buck and Bronco ride. And it started back when I was 16 years old. So it was Thanksgiving weekend. We were getting the turkey ready, you know, good food cooking up. And we got the phone call. No family ever wants to hear. My dad had a heart attack while playing hockey on the ice. He was rushed to emerge. And basically where his blockage was, was a point called the Widowmaker in his heart. And we were actually called to rush down to the hospital and say goodbye. They really didn't think he had more than a few minutes to hours to live. They were going to try to get him in for emergency surgery. So my mom was already on her way to the hospital. I gathered up my two younger siblings. I like just had my driver's license where I was able to drive independently. And I'm corralling my younger sister and brother to be like, we, we have to go say goodbye to dad. And so thankfully, touch wood, my dad did pull through. He was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, very touch and go. But what was weird, and I don't know if many 16-year-old brains would do this, my very first thought after I kind of overcame the shock was, how can I be part of the solution? What can I do to influence my family's environment to give my dad the best possible chance? And my brain said, nutrition is going to play a really important role in his recovery and being here. I know, like what 16 year old had that thought? So I like, I remember I went home and I was like, okay, like I'll cut up a vegetable bucket and put vegetables front and center in our fridge. My dad was a busy stockbroker who would get up and like, you know, use caffeine and he wasn't intentionally intermittent fasting, just a busy guy that didn't eat breakfast and didn't make it a priority. He'd go all day on watering caffeine and then overeat at dinner, have a large meal, continue to snack at night. And obviously that wasn't a great pattern of eating for his high stress sedentary job. So I was like, dad, can I pack you a lunch? Like I pack a healthy lunch when I go to high school every day. Could I make you a lunch that you could start bringing to work? And then from there, my fascination with nutrition and science and helping prevention, like I really wanted to go upstream and look at how do we help people never, ever get here? And yeah. that's my origin story of what got me interested in being a dietitian. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. So did your dad take the food to work with him? Oh, he yes. did. So nice. lunch now. Now, again, we even were like, you can pay for convenience. So we've even talked him into, you know, buying like catered lunches for his team. So every Friday they do a big catered lunch. That's like vegetables and lots of fruit and, you know, healthy protein sources from like a local health food restaurant. So he's even had that ripple effect on his staff with the wake up call of having that serious heart attack. You are amazing. He's very lucky to have you in his life. And at the same Aww, time, thank you. I think it's so cool how like you took that to heart literally, and, you know, built a career about it, about mm -hmm. around that. And you're helping so many other people. And one of the key reasons I, why I wanted to have you on the show is because you've deconstructed this, like nutrition is complicated. I mean, it isn't it is. complicated, but it, it is complicated and it's hard to figure yeah. out and there's a lot of noise around all of it. And so let's go through your iceberg of success. Cause I think that that's so awesome. So how did you build that? Where'd that come from and lead us through it? 
Okay, amazing. So I come with props. For those audience members that are listening, do not worry. I will completely describe what I'm holding up. And for those that are maybe able to see the visual, even better. So the iceberg of success came about from me scribbling something down on a post-it note a few times with certain clients. And what I was trying to explain to them was why they kept failing every time they followed those fad diets online. And so the iceberg of success has five total layers, two are visible, and three layers are invisible underneath the surface of the water. So visible layer number one is the teeny tiny tip of the iceberg, and that is the layer of willpower. We'll come back to willpower in a second. Layer number two, also above the water, is our layer of knowledge. Think of that maybe also as information, right? It's the information about the diet. It's the rules of the diet. It's do this, don't do that kind of vernacular. Then we go under the surface of the water and the iceberg keeps growing larger in size. So the third layer that's now below the water is the layer of our habits. What do we get pulled into doing consistently? But the reason I call it a habit, not just an action, is a habit that is something that has an autopilot or automatic response. For example, I would say wearing a seatbelt is a habit for most people. It's something you do without the assistance of willpower. There's just a reflex that's been built after enough repetitions. Brushing your teeth is a habit. It's just something we've learned to do that I don't know many people who set New Year's resolutions to brush their teeth. It's just what they do. We might, you know, get up and always have a morning coffee or tea or a glass of water. You know, those become habitual for some people. So then below the level of habits, the fourth layer is the layer of our environment. Mm-hmm. And I actually have three little sub environments that I like to bring to my clients' attention. We have our physical environment, the spaces that we spend time in, you know, our kitchen, fridge, freezer, pantry, our home environment. Do we have a gym bag packed by the front door? ready to get out for the next morning's workout does our office have you know supportive water and healthy snacks nearby does it allow maybe we have a standing desk that allows us to sort of stand up and stretch throughout our day so where do we spend our time physically then there's our social environment who are we around because we are social creatures and we are very much influenced by the behaviors of others So even as a quick example, I had a friend just into town coming to visit and she's like, Jen, I'd love to get together. Do you want to do drinks and dinner? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I haven't seen you in forever. I would love to get together. Can I actually take you to my favorite secret hiking spot in all of London? And instead of us sitting down over wine and apps, I would love instead to go for a one to two hour hike with you. And that would be a great way for us to catch up. And she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. So you can be the little spark plug of social support, but we are very much influenced by our social forces. And then the third level of the environment is our online environment. Are you listening to podcasts like this where you're learning something and you have a growth mindset and you're being uplifted or you doomsday scrolling on, you know, social media before bed or watching way too many videos and reels body comparing and then feeling insecure and uncomfortable in your own skin. So does your online habits lift you up or does your online habit suck you in and keep you trapped? But the most important layer of the iceberg is the mindset layer. This is going to be our layer of self-talk, our self-identity, and our ability to develop resilience and problem solving, but also what we say to ourselves. So today, 
Dr. Wells and I, I asked him ahead of time if I could use him as a bit of a client and play some games. And he was Uh-oh. game to do that. Here so, we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're going to put you on the spot a little bit. But for right. our listeners. Setting myself what, up. Here we go. Yeah. So back to the question of like, how did you come up with this? What I realized is diet culture is all about hanging out above the top of the water. It's hmm. here are the rules. These foods are good. These foods are bad. These are the instructions of how you're supposed to obey wellness and then just follow it to the best of your ability, trying to use willpower to keep the course. It's like white knuckle driving on the steering wheel, hoping that you don't slip on an icy road and you know ultimately crash the car. Yeah. But what I say about willpower to my clients and for you listeners is willpower, let's just call a spade a spade. It is that flaky friend. It RSVPs yes to the party. It totally intends to come on Friday night when it says it's going to come. But it's that friend that sends that text message last minute, bailing, not in the mood, something's come up. It it may be there for you, but most likely it's going to flake out. So if we just are honest with ourselves and admit that willpower probably isn't the best tool in our toolbox to change our behavior, we can better set ourselves up for success if we actually attack the problem bottom up. So I coach with a lot of mindset first, then we build supportive environments and that shapes our everyday habits. So you're going to be my little guinea pig and I'm going to ask you a few questions and we're going to play some games. Uh All right. So honestly, you, you, nothing. Okay. So three words, we're going to come into the game. And these actually stay on my wall in my office. I just want you to be curious, be kind, but be honest. So okay. no inner bully allowed. So yeah. question number one, did you brush your teeth last night? Pretty easy question. Yes, I did. Good. I did too. Now I'm going to out myself. Has there been a night or two in the last year that you were just exhausted and flopped into bed? and meant to brush your teeth and it just like didn't happen. Have you ever missed brushing your teeth? Probably that happened for sure. Okay, good. You're a mere mortal and I'm a mere mortal. It happens. I mean, I've talked to some dentists on podcasts and they're like, heavens, no, I would not. I was like, okay, (laughs) then flossing. Have you missed flossing your teeth? (laughs) But we're gonna stick with brushing from us mere mortals. Okay, so today imagine you did not brush your teeth tonight. Walk me through how you would go and problem solve that tomorrow. How exactly would you handle it? Because it's a habit and it's something that I do all the time, it would just be like, oh, you know what? Forgot last night. Let's make sure we get back on this today and brush yeah. my teeth and might even floss a little bit too, just to catch up. Yeah. No big yeah. deal. So notice you're like the habit's so strong, you just get pulled right back onto the course. Did you hear any inner bully scream at you and call you names over that m- misstep? No, which no, is interesting because I'm pretty hard yeah. on myself. So that's right. <laughs> yes, it's correct. no big deal. It's just like, oh, I missed last night. No big deal. The soonest opportunity is usually the morning. So most people would wake up and just brush their teeth in the morning. And heaven forbid, if you didn't brush them in the morning, I would wager, you know, money that you would probably brush them by the next night. Yeah. Now, would you call your dentist in a panic, begging for an emergency teeth cleaning as a major overreaction to one night of not brushing your teeth? No. Would not cross your mind that you need to like step it up to that level. Likewise, would you take your toothbrush and throw it in the garbage and go, oh, screw it. Well, I've blown it. So if I'm going to be bad, I'm going to be real bad. And you know what? When life settles down a couple of weeks from now, that's when I'll get back to brushing my teeth. 
Absolutely not. Although I think so my eight-year-old son would like to do that, but no, he's still, <laughs> even he is brushing his teeth on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to show you a little connection back with the iceberg of success. Notice how your mindset just expects consistency from yourself, but you've broken it down into a very small five minutes or faster action. And mm -hmm. then the habit is just so consistent that it just feels like it fits into your everyday routine. Really yep. good habits have to find a place that they live inside of each and every one of our daily routines, or at least on our weekly routines. But here's the invisible force. That's the glue that connects the mindset to the habits. It's the environment layer. So here's my follow-up question for you, Dr. Wells. I'm going to wager a $1 million bet. And what I'm going to bet on is if I was a toothbrush robber, not that this would be a viable career, and I wanted to beeline and steal your toothbrush from your house as fast as possible, I would go right to your master bathroom. And I'm going to guess it's either right on the sink counter or it's in a medicine cabinet above the sink. Right beside it. Yep. There we go. So imagine if your eight-year-old son wanted to be a little prankster and every day your toothbrush got hidden and moved. One day it was in a shoebox in the basement. The next day it was in an old boot in the mudroom. The next day it got put in the glove box of the car. The next day it got tucked away in, in um, a box in the freezer. And every night you had to go find where your toothbrush got misplaced. Do you think you would be as consistent with brushing your teeth? Absolutely not. No. So what yeah. we notice with this iceberg is with the mindset of just like be consistent, but we don't have to be perfect. Forgive ourselves very quickly. No need to beat ourselves up mentally and get right back on it as soon as possible. But then also make the healthy choice, the easy choice. Now, how many people treat food like that? Where do these little positive habits that I break down into five minutes or faster live? So they have to have a place in our schedule. We then have to have our environment support the healthy choice to be the easy choice. And what we need is a mindset that is just curious and kind, but honest with ourselves and has just this resilient ability to problem solve. We don't need shame. We don't need judgment when we're trying to change our behavior for the better. And so as I started to draw this on paper for people, they suddenly understood why it wasn't their fault they were failing at conventional diets. Because conventional diets coach in the two levels above the water. Here are the rules. Follow the rules. Oh, yeah. you're weak-willed. You screwed up. You don't want this enough. And so people then are like, oh, I blew it. I'm off track. And what they're not doing is they're not thinking about how do I make my environment more supportive, but mm. also how do I make it easy enough that I'm going to be realistically consistent? So like our toothbrush. Would you go to the dentist for an hour cleaning every single day? No. <laughs> no, it's not, not realistic, right? Yeah. But if I said, could you do a five-minute action once or twice a day for the rest of your life? You're like, yeah, yes. I probably could. So yeah. I think what happens with nutrition and behavior change is people try to bite off way more than they can chew, pun intended. And it's almost like assigning themselves, I'm going to go to the dentist every day and my teeth are going to be amazing. And then right. that effort can't be sustained and they struggle that a small action, although imperfect, compounds like interest over time and can have huge positive effects on their lifelong health. And so what I do as a coach is I really help shrink the step. I make the environment really supportive and I teach them the self-talk of just how to be curious and kind, honest and resilient with themselves. So that's kind of the magic of the iceberg of success.
I like it a lot. Talk to me about the inner monologue, the self-talk and Ooh, the mindset, yes. because there's so much around this where let's say that you have all of the best intentions in the world. Dr. Robin Henley Defoe describes willpower mm -hmm. as like setting the alarm, but discipline right. is waking up and getting out of bed. Right. So mm -hmm. I love that you guys are aligned on that style of thinking, yeah. but I'm curious about the mindset, the positive okay. self-talk and how we put ourselves in a mental place of small wins versus yes. needing to overhaul our life. And then if we do fall yes. off the rails, how do we get back on in a gentle way to ourselves? I love that question. And this is so important that our healthcare system and providers are really looking at mental health connected to physical health because mm -hmm. we're not just a floating head separated from our body. And I do really believe that self-talk and our, 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 you know, protection of good mental health results in amazing physical health that follows. So again, another game I do with my clients, I like to, I, I'm a university prof and I like to play around with the research. And then I use my private practice as a little lab to test out what I'm learning about in academia and how that might relate in real human lives. And so one of the things you might notice in my, my theme of talking is I love games, games to lighten up a heavy topic and help people find it to be more fun and playful and curious instead of so heavy and serious and maybe judged or shameful. So when I do a self-talk exercise, I actually have a game called the three voices. And I imagine a car on this road trip through life. Now only one person can be in the driver's seat at the time, controlling the wheel and controlling the gas pedal. Now the three voices have a name. Voice number one is our inner bully. Voice number two is our curious detective. Voice number three is our wise guide, not wise guy, like smart Alec, wise yeah. guide or wise mentor. So the inner bully tends to take the voice of you're not good enough. You know, you're not, you know, you haven't lost enough weight. You haven't made enough money. You're failing as a parent. You could always do better. And it picks, nitpicks at every little flaw, every little mistake, and it magnifies it. And it tends to be a yeller, tends to be an internal screamer that gets really upset with you. So especially for very perfectionistic individuals who are hard charging with high standards, it's a double-edged sword. It's resulted in a lot of success in their life, but it's also resulted in them, them being exceptionally hard on themselves where they do struggle to celebrate those small wins. So what I remind people is if you hear that voice, we all have an inner bully. You're not bad if you hear it, but maybe we don't want it behind the wheel of the car at all times. In mm. fact, most of the time it should not be driving the bus. So thankfully we can gang up two on one to the inner bully. So we're gonna remove the inner bully from behind the wheel of the car and we're gonna put the second voice behind the driver's seat. Voice number two is our curious detective. It is neutral and what it does is it walks around with a notepad and piece of paper and it just collects clues and observations exactly like a detective would on a crime scene now it is not the judge it is not the jury it's not deciding what the outcome is its job is to just collect clues so when i think about pulling my curious detective behind the wheel all i'm looking for is patterns but i'm not judging myself on the patterns i notice let's give a few practical examples i notice that when i keep a big giant water bottle around or glass of water i drink more water through the day now this will sound silly. I'm actually holding up a kitchen open mouth water glass, 
But there was a time I used to try to drink out of one of those little water bottles where you had to like unscrew the squeaky top mm. and drink from this little hole. And it always spilled on my work shirt. And I found it awkward to take sips. And again, my curious detective was like, Jen, you don't really like that water bottle. And it always drips on you and you always have a wet shirt and you finish the day parched because you've talked all day long, but you didn't drink enough water. So instead of being mad at myself over my lack of water intake, because I got curious, I realized the clue was I'm drinking from the wrong container. Mm. And so when I allowed myself to not be mad about underhydrating and instead was like, huh, why might I be underhydrating? What's the missing connection? I realized if I switched out a better glass, I could drink more water. So the detective's job is to look for clues. It might go, huh, I noticed you're most likely to order pizza on Fridays because groceries are running really low, you're tired, and you have this sneaky phrase of I deserve it pop into your brain to justify a long week of work. So what I might do with a client being the voice of the curious detective is I might go, okay, I'm going to be your curious detective in this situation. When you hear I deserve it, first, I want to give you a reframe. I want I deserve it to mean I deserve to be rewarded for my hard work. I deserve to have energy. I deserve to have a fit and healthy body. I deserve to age well and you know not have chronic disease. I deserve to be my best self. So no judging when I deserve it, oops, I want takeout pops in. Instead, I'm going to ask a different curious detective question. What's the unmet need? Is it that I'm tired and the effort of cooking dinner is the barrier? Maybe there's a healthy takeout alternative that's more in line with my goals. And I absolutely can give myself permission to do takeout on Fridays, but maybe not the trap of pizza every Friday. Is yeah. it that I am bored of coming up with like, what's for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. And maybe I need a meal delivery kit where they actually come up with the recipes and the spices and they make it taste good. And I actually don't mind cooking. It's the exhaustion of the dinner planning that's getting me down. So that curious detective question of like, what's the unmet need really gets people out of judgment and it gets them into curious, creative problem solving. I love the three drivers. I'm definitely going to yeah. play with that in the next little while, especially the curious one. And I don't know how you managed to describe Friday night at my house so accurately, but you definitely <laughs> did. So we're going to go with Indian food, a little bit more Indian food, a little bit less pizza, perhaps yeah. this Friday. Well, but let's talk bring to in the third about, voice, the wise guy, because yeah, we haven't. Oh, sorry, the wise guy. Yeah, that's where yet. I was getting. Yeah. yeah. So our third driver is our wise guide, and this is a teammate and friend to the curious detective. So the detective has this pad of notes and observations. It can either give it to the bully and throw you in a ring, and then the bully can beat the heck out of you for all the things and patterns that the detective noted, or we don't do that, and we take our pad of notes and we go to the, the wise guide and go, hey, these are the patterns I've picked up on. Can you support our friend in moving along towards their ultimate goal? Remember, better is better, forward is forward. And the wise guide's job is to hold your long-term goals in the forefront of its mind, but help you find realistic wins in the moment. So maybe you can't floss your teeth before bed, but you can get a 30-second brush in. Still mm. a win. Maybe it is pizza, but your wise guide's like, hey, you've got some baby carrots in your crisper drawer. Just pull the drawer open and stick a few carrots on the plate. And maybe you go from four slices of pizza down to three. 
I'm proud of you. Better is better. Forward is forward. So the wise guide isn't the drill sergeant version. The bully is like, hey, I want you to eat perfectly, but it asks you to go to the dentist every day. The expectation it sets up is too onerous to continue long-term. Where the wise guide goes, hey, I want to support you in living a healthy lifestyle, fitness, food, self-care, sleep, but I also am going to be mindful of the challenges you're under, the life stress, the stage of life that you're in. Here are some things that feel reasonable where you're actually going to be set up for success because you can follow through and do it. So I think the wise guide is really good at shrinking the step and knowing you really well and then meeting where you where you're at. And then it just remembers the phrase better is better forward is forward. How do you climb a mountain? You do it one step at a time. So we're not freestyling up a mountain cliff with no rock climbing gear. Like the bullies like get there fast. The wise guide is like, yeah, this is a journey. I'm going to walk with you every step of the way, but we can go as fast or slow as you need. Sometimes you just need to take a break and hold ground and then continue up the mountain. And so I, as you can maybe tell, speak in a lot of visuals and metaphors, but my nutrition clients really like it because again, they'll have a rough day and they're like, nope, a step at a time. Like, what's my positive step forward right now? And that's where I was like, yes, like I can hear the self-compassion from me going into their own self-empathy. And then with empathy and compassion, you can think more clear-headed, where when you are being screamed at, it's, it's very fatalistic. It's all or nothing. If I can't be perfect, I'm not even going to bother. But when you can kind of be curious and allow yourself to find the next realistic healthy step forward, people then actually do imperfect but consistent positive action. And that's the only way to move forward with our health, I believe. I also really like how you can do the two-on-one versus the bully yes. inner monologue that doesn't serve yes. you. That's kind of cool yeah. too. Yeah, always teammates. And then my ultimate goal is to be a wise guide, but teach my clients how to tap into their own wise guide internally. Yeah, and curiosity is such a huge part of it too, right? Like that ability to be like, all right, so what's the real issue here? I know you're. I know it's Friday. I know you're right. tired. All that sort of stuff. You you deserve it. But like, what is the actual issue going yeah. on here? And that's the curiosity is the magic because it's non-judgmental. You're just curious. Totally. So what's what's up with that, right? Like that's right. just and that's where we can learn. And maybe your detective's like, so you've eaten through your lunch and done work all five work days where you're hammering out emails and you know trying to shove pieces of salad and chicken in your mouth and you haven't actually had a break. So maybe the pizza on Friday is a sensation of like I've earned a reward. My reward is a break. But had we inserted little bits of breaks through your work week with maybe a 20-minute sit-down lunch and a 20-minute walk outside, and you give yourself that 40 minutes Monday to Friday, you might end Friday feeling a lot more energized and more inspired to cook on Fridays. Or maybe you're realizing, oh, some groceries only on Saturday or Sunday, we're too low. So we need yeah. a Wednesday or Thursday midweek top-up, and that yeah. allows us to continue to make those good choices Friday. So not judging, just noticing where are the gaps happening. And then you can, your wise guide is like, hey, here's a suggestion. Here's a suggestion. And I just play the spaghetti noodle game. Throw a lot of spaghetti noodles against the wall and see what suggestions stick. And it's okay if right. they fall down too. You're just a curious scientist and you're not sure which experiment will work for you, but you have to be curious and you have to try things. I love it. So we've gotten through one of the five areas. 
So clearly this is going to be part one of a series <laughs> on nutrition and I'm sensitive to your time. So yeah. let's stick with that for now and really Perfect. work on this mindset. And I'm going to ask our audience, just like, let's think about our mindset. Let's be curious. Let's think about how we can do a little bit better. Leverage that wise guide to control our inner monologue fully who may not be serving us. And then we'll have you back on again as soon as we can to talk about environments, habits, knowledge, and and willpower, the other steps. Um, so we can all go in a good direction. If people want to learn more about you and your work, where can they check you out online? Thanks. So my website is prospernc.com or prosper nutrition coaching. Both of them will find their way back to my nutrition coaching certification. Email is pretty similar. If you email me, I love talking to coaches and clients all over the world. We are info at prospernc.com and on Instagram, we're prosper underscore NC. So any of those can find your way for more info. Jen, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom um, with us. I really appreciate it. This is an area that so many people struggle with and having your simple, like, I don't mean simplistic in a bad way, but like simple and like oh, impactful and thank insightful. <laughs> I'm glad that people say that Greg, your stuff is so simple. I'm like, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, but it's like simple, but insightful and impactful as well. I really appreciate it. I'm definitely going to practice some of these ideas. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm hoping the audience, everyone has something they can take away in their own self-talk. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Dr. Greg Wells podcast. If you found this show informative and helpful, check out my blog at drgregwells.com for additional insights and resources on health and human performance. I update the blog a couple times a month. To stay up to date on the latest tips, articles, and videos, be sure to follow me on social at Dr. Greg Wells. My goal on social is to keep your health and wellness and positivity at the forefront of your mind, and so I would be thrilled to connect with you there. If you found this episode helpful, please consider subscribing to the podcast. That helps us out a ton and leave a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated and helps me to continue to produce valuable content that's relevant to all of you. Please feel free to share this episode with your friends and community. That helps a ton as well. And that brings this week's show to an end. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a great week, everyone.